Excellent, okay. Whatever the fuck that is. Oh, okay. Good. Can, can you hear me? You might be on a different... Um... Live show finished. Did you create a new one? I created a new one, yeah. On Twitter? Uh, no. Should just be through the profile, shouldn't it? Should just be through the profile, yeah. Fabiano's in. Can you hear us, Fabaganoush? Oh, Fabaganoush can hear us. Okay. So it was Chrome. We updated. I updated Chrome. Yes. I updated Chrome the other day, and it just it's dawned on me. I thought, we'll give Safari a try, and Safari's all good. So... That was frustrating. I'll be honest, I did say try another browser about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> what, 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 what is the, the chances? Like, literally, you know, yeah, quickly Chrome updates as well. Yeah. Like, it updates in two seconds. It does it by itself. And it, for whatever reason... It allowed it in or something. Yeah, for whatever reason, there's just obviously a bug there. So, we'll start the show in earnest. Um, I'll uh, send pod founder Alex Billen the... Uh, the new link, he's keen to get involved. Cool. Don't blame him. <laughs> Bear with us, Faba Ganoush. Mm-hmm. We're just going to get the theme song up in a moment. I'm just going to get myself set. My Hold on. I'll just get on Twitter and I'll just shit it out there. Oh, oh no. <laughs> All right, we're ready to go. Yeah. Faber Ganoush wants the theme song. Fucking hold your horses, mate. Give us a chance. Give us a fucking chance, man. Ha! <laughs> All right, we are live now. People can hear us if they're in the chat, so... Welcome again. Welcome, welcome. We're live, baby. We had some technical issues before. I was explaining just off the live record that Google Chrome, um, which I updated the other day, it asked me to update it, so I did. There's obviously a gremlin in the back end there that wasn't receiving like a third-party input yeah. uh, via sound. Um, mm-hmm. So we thought we'd give Safari a go and Safari's all good. But welcome to this, the 15th episode of the Weekly Watch List, another pop culture podcast brought to you by the good people at MGA Traffic. Your one-stop shop for traffic, transport, and waste. We did speak earlier, Will, about how each other were. Let's pretend like we haven't done that. Yep. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. Back at work. Uh, gyms are open. All, all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, dealing with the idiots of the human world again, which is always fun. Um, so, There's plenty of them out there. Yeah. As I, as I mentioned before, when no one can hear us, uh, I've started boxing, so I'm very sore. Um, when can we see your fight? Uh, occasionally on the uh, Instagram page of the Brother Boxing Instagram page. But uh, that's, I wouldn't watch it. It's disgusting and I'm very unfortunate. Well, Rocky fought, his way, Rocky fought his way to a world championship. Couldn't keep his hands up. There's only a world championship. I'll find my way to it, like eating a Zinger box or something. Because it's that long good at. It's very niche. It's a very niche yes. world championship. 
Um, I've been going all right. I've been fine. Uh, you can follow us, of course, on Twitter, where I started doing a little watch-along tag last week, which I thought was an interesting addition to the page. Yes. Will does have the credentials to log in, hasn't logged in as yet. I'm a, I've logged in. I just haven't posted anything because I'm, I'm a busy man, Sean. And I'll be honest, I don't, you watch about 17 things during the fortnight. I, I'm lucky to get three. I really have to push for that third. But I get there. Fabaganoush has just said you're the team of this show. <laughs> I, I, I don't even actually know what that means. Um, so what we're going to do, we usually start off with uh, the news. Yep. And we just go through some little odds and ends that have caught our eye in the last week and a bit. Um, we're going to start with the news. Do you see Johnny Depp has been kicked out of the Fantastic Beast films? No, for, I did not. Uh, that unsavoury court business about hitting Amber Heard, but she hit him as well. Uh, so he's out. Apparently Mads Mikkelsen is in. I like that. Le Chief from uh, Casino Royale. He was Caecilius in mm. Doctor Strange. Tell us what you meant by Will is the Tim of this show, Fat, just while we're chatting. Mm. Um, Mads Mikkelsen, very good actor. Oh, he, that guy, he, yes, was, gotcha. he was, um, oh, I can't remember his character. So are they going to just one. replace him? And yeah, because so, he's, yeah, he was like the main antagonist. So they yeah. can't just write Gallant Grindelwald out of the films mm. after replacing with someone. I like Mad, Mads Mikkelsen. I suppose Grindelwald wasn't totally well, what, was, what I see as a Johnny Depp character. Well, he was initially he was in the first weird. film, yeah. he was disguised as exactly. Colin yeah. Farrell. Yeah, which was a great twist. Was a good twist. Great it was a bit Scooby-Doo-ish. Yeah. You know, <laughs> remove the mask at the end. Um, oh, he, Fab just says, with regards to your lack of Twitter support for the show, you're the Tim of this. <laughs> well, I get it. And Sean, I get it, Sean. You've just got way too much time on your hands and you're all about it, which I, which I appreciate. What? I appreciate I just literally fire off a tweet if I'm watching something. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the interesting thing is, Amber Heard is Mira in Aquaman. Yes. But she will still be Mira in Aquaman too. So everyone's kind of like, well, everyone's like, if you're going to sack Johnny. Yeah. Sack Mira. Sack Amber Heard. Yeah. She's the redhead one, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zack Snyder has confirmed that they did reshoots on, on the Justice League. We spoke about that last time. He reckons it'll only be four or five minutes of new footage, but I think that's a bit misleading because it's going to be a four-hour like miniseries, and the theatrical cut only went for two hours. Right. So there's going to be two hours of new, sh at the least, yeah. of brand new stuff that we didn't see in the theatrical cut, which is interesting. Right. Um, Jared Leto's back as the Joker. He shot some stuff, mm -hmm. and Joe Mangiello is back as Deathstroke. He had a cameo at the end of the first one. Yeah. Um, so they've shot some stuff. But when he says four or five, I think what he meant to say was this round of reshoots, yeah. we shot what will amount to four or five minutes of new footage, mm -hmm. but there will be like two plus hours of unseen footage when the, the miniseries eventually launches. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued by it. Um, yeah. I'm holding out hope. The, 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 the theatrical cut was a fucking nightmare. It was a Frankenstein's monster, a disgraceful <laughs> film. So this film couldn't possibly be worse. It'll be interesting. Um, one that might turn your head, Will. Disney have announced that there'll be a live-action adaptation of Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch? Oh, why? That's a good question. Big, big, big win. Um, I think said, I'm coming through somewhere else. What's that meant to mean? What is that meant to mean? I don't know. We're having gremlins. I don't know. Feedback. 
I'm not sure what he's saying. It basically provides what would be important information, <laughs> but very vague. In the caveman style. Yeah, it's like I'm meant to now go and interpret that somehow. So yeah, am I clear or? Well, apparently Will's clear. Well, that's all that matters. Welcome to the show. Sorry, we're just waiting for Fab. There's... I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's talking about. Anyway, we, we move on. So the Lilo and Stitch thing, it's a big win for Elvis Presley, more than it is anyone else. Yeah. Um, and it made me wonder, made me think, you've seen Christopher Robin, yeah? Yeah. So just do stuff like that. Don't just do remakes like Lion King, Aladdin. Yeah. Do like a sequel to the cartoon. So at least it's a new movie. Yes, definitely. Like, there's an audience out there for Lilo and Stitch, like there was Mulan, Cinderella, yeah. etc. But the only one of those, you know, Lion King, the only one of those Jungle Book, the only one of those properties that actually said, we're a Winnie the Pooh property, but we're not just a remake of the movie, was Christopher Robin. And look, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't outstanding, but um, I think you're coming through, oh, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, yeah, it's not outstanding, but at the same time, at least it was a new kind of fresh, interesting idea. Yeah, definitely. And kind of like, it was very much like Hook. I really enjoyed Chris Robin. I didn't mind it. I loved Tia. Yeah. Tia, double G, her. I like that they were like lo-fi Ted style yes. stuffed animals. Definitely. Um, but yeah, like, I think that's the way to go. You've got to, I have no problem with them looking through their library and saying, let's do a live action version of this. Yeah. But don't just remake the film. What do you think about Stitch is that he's a like he's an alien. So well, I've never seen like a good looking alien in anything live action. They're always going to be weird and like disgusting and disturbing. That's true. Um, oh, Joe Callahan has entered the chat. Shout out, Joe. Don't know him. One of my mates. Uh, one of my girlfriend's mates actually met him through my girlfriend. But uh, well, shout out to you, Joe. Shout out, Joe. You having sound issues, Joe? Faber Ganoush says we're having sound issues, but which confuses me. Um, Chris Pratt has signed on to join Thor 4, Love and Thunder. Cool. So he'll obviously be Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a sign of things that what they're going to do. They're going to, I think, pair or, or, you know, put these characters together in, you know, Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man. Yeah. So I think they're going to look at it and go, who can we pair off to... Had a little bit of the bottom line, mm. but it's very comic booky. The idea that character A turns up in someone else's book, mm. and there's a bit of cross pollination, so that's interesting. Christian Bale's playing the villain. No one knows who the villain is yet, yeah. but that's an exciting bit of casting. Um, and then lastly, what's today's date? The 18th. The 18th of November. Tomorrow there'll be a Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion special, oh. uh, which will be available. I think it's on HBO Max, so people can watch along with that. Um, I think everyone's back. I think even the original Aunt Viv. Obviously, uh, the dad won't be back. Yeah. He's dead. Oh. <laughs> That'd be tasteless if they brought him back and reanimated his corpse. Yeah. Um, that's getting involved like it's a fucking live phone in things, <laughs> providing live live commentary. It's <laughs> distracting. Late night on SEN. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll just call in. We'll have a chat before. <laughs> um, but I think the Fresh Fruit Reunion special. Yeah, mate. David Avery, thank you, Fab. He was in. He was in my head. It was in my head. Rest in peace. Uh, But it'd be interesting because what I think will come of this is, you know that, like, the clip? Every six months, someone on Twitter posts the the scene of Will confronting, like, you know, his dad's left. Yeah. And everyone's like, what acting? (laughs) And uh, every six months, someone posts it like they've just seen it for the first time. Yeah. Someone on Twitter's like, 
oh, Will Smith's got game. And I'm like, he could not be fucking chewing the scenery anymore. <laughs> I get that he was a young kid, get that he was trying to find his range. Yeah. But that was such a poorly overacted scene. But then so many people love it so, so many people love it. Yeah. And they're like, that's just, give him the Oscar. And like, <laughs> first thing first, it's a TV show. Can't win an Oscar. Secondly, no. Mm. Oh, someone will post it. Dead set. Someone will post oh, it. Of course. And I'll just roll my eyes back <laughs> into my head. Um, and attack them with a keyboard. And attack them. No, maybe not. Uh, do you want to get us started with your first show? Sure. This sure. is what we do. We go through and start picking up, uh, or picking through, I should say, bits and pieces that we watched during the course of the past week. Um, Will will get us started with his first pick of the week, good, bad, or otherwise. What have you got for me? Uh, so my number one this week is uh, the, the Liberator. The fuck is that? So uh, it's a, it's the story of a five hundred day trek through Nazi-occupied Europe. Uh, so again, Netflix love me. Gotta, so I, I was I just going to clarify where you watch this. But I'm pretty sure they released basically a whole bunch of stuff for Remembrance Day, Veterans Day, um, I think Band of Brothers. In, some, the, in God We Trust or something. Right. That was all on um, last week. Um, <laughs> no, that's the joke. Um, and it's essentially a four, like 45, 50 minutes, four episodes. Um, could be a really, really good movie. Um, How many episodes? Four. And they each go for about 50. Yeah. Um, and it's shot with a combination of live action and an animation called Trioscope. Trioscope. Which is essentially um, frame by frame animators draw the image and essentially gives it like a comic book effect. So the fact that it's like a war thing and comic book thing is crazy, but they've done it really, really well. Trioscope enhanced hybrid animation. Yeah. So, what uh, is Trioscope? So it's, you can kind of see it there on the, on the trailer. It oh looks, yeah. Yeah, it looks real comic booky. So like, Initially, I'm trying to take it seriously because it's a, it's kind of historical and it's true. It's a, it's all a true story as well. Yeah, it's um, an interesting style. Yeah, the only real notable cast member, um, Bradley James, who of course played King Arthur in Melbourne. Of course, never heard of him. Never heard of him. No, ever. No. no. I really thought he would have been in a lot more, to be honest. Um, but it's his agent's fault. Yeah, um, and actually, no, I did see that there's um, the kind of. Uh, second, well, the second co-star was actually a Native American chief in Westworld. Um, that's not the show you watch. I'm a big fan of Westworld. Wait, is that the one you binge? Um, What's the one? West Wing. West Wing. Is he a Native American chief in West Wing? Maybe. Anyway. He was a Native um, American chief in something. The Liberator, I watched two episodes. Uh, really, really enjoy it. It's a bit of a weird spin because you're sitting there watching like a war thing, which I love. But it's like shot in a comic book way but they it's live enough mm -hmm. to be like taken seriously because i feel like there'd be a really fine line of animating something like this um but keeping it like true to the story as well yeah because war stuff needs to be it needs to have like a really visceral feel yes that's what like saving private ryan or exactly. Axel ridge like you're still seeing people in a cartoon way mm. get blown up by shells like yeah, you're looking at them and then they're gone because they've just been exploded by artillery. Yeah, if you think like an animated version of Platoon, yeah, wouldn't quite pack the same punch because no. you can disassociate yourself from the violence. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, so the, the Liberator, uh, four-part series on Netflix, uh, 
I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed so far. Two, so two episodes in. It's pretty good praise. Yeah. Um, it's, What's it's, it about, it's, it's something different. It just... It's about basically this group of soldiers. It starts, I'll come to spoil it too much, but it starts with um, this uh, ex-lieutenant uh, coming in, coming back for the war. Um, and he signs up and he's, and he's seen, you know, he's basically like, you know, you do realise there's a war on the horizon. He goes, yeah, that's why I want to come back and do it. And he's just praises this, oh, you know, oh, America. Like, I'm, I, live, I live for the country. Comes in and he's in charge of the J Company. Goes, sees the uh, A Company, B Company, C Company. Um, they're all in their tents and goes, where's the J Company? They're all in military prison. Oh, jail. Shit. Um, so they're all, there's, you know, deep southerners, Mexicans, American Indians. Um, so there's a whole, you know, uh, array of characters in there. And, they, he, you know, he brings them all together. He's, you know, super heroic. Um, and by the second episode, there's not a whole lot, let them, uh, not a whole lot of them left. Um, so I'm yet to see what happens in, in the third and fourth episode, but it's basically the story of, um, you kind of jump in between um, during the war, post-war, before war. Um, it's a couple of different kind of time periods that they're in. But, um, yeah, very interesting watch. We blame Tarantino for that time frame jump in. Yeah. Non-linear storytelling. <laughs> oh, oh, where am I? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a beard. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think. There was a scene in West Wing where there was a Native American chief. But... There was also several scenes in Westwood where there was a Native American chief. So I'm trying to place your man. Um, okay, so you're giving it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up, yeah. Very good. Well, my first tip of the week. Now, look, I'm usually of the mind, particularly in more recent episodes, to be pretty upbeat and talk about stuff that I've you know enjoyed and I want people to go out and enjoy uh-huh. those things. Now, on the whole, my three picks this week are not Negative, Nancy. things that I enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. He's back. He's back. And I've, I've tried to be a you know a positive influence if people want to watch the stuff. I want I want people to watch things that I've enjoyed sort of thing. Of course. No. And, and to maybe steer people in the direction of something that they might enjoy. Mm-hmm. Now, the first one, of, the first cap of the rank for me this week is something that is going to get a thumbs up. Right. And I do recommend people go and see. I went back to the cinema, Will. I saw Tenet. Oh, uh, yes. Saw it last week. I was actually wondering during the week if you pirated that. Well, not pirated. Never pirate um, anything. No. I um, acquire it, everything legally. Yeah, if you've done it legally or illegally. Um, very legal. Done it legally. Very, very well, what more most, most importantly, what snacks did you have? None. None? I don't eat anything in the summer. <sighs> Actually, that's not true. I had a Chobani yogurt pouch, which I purchased beforehand. God, so uh, Go back to the movies for the first time. I never buy anything. You know what I loved about it? Not even like a chopped up? No, very rarely. Nothing's changed for me. Like, I go see films at 11.30 on a Thursday morning. There's, like, three people in the cinema. <laughs> Nothing's changed. I went to see this film, and I think it was a midday session. I, I, I do that as well. Nothing's changed. Single, single movies. It's great. Uh, brilliant. I love it. I stopped seeing, other than going with my beautiful girlfriend, Madeline, uh, I stopped going to the movies with people probably year 11. I like the idea, A, of being able to just, if I want to go see the film... I just go see it. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to coordinate yeah. who can come, when can you go, where are we going. Just go at my convenience. Yeah. And then I kind of like thinking about the film after the fact and 
mulling it over and exactly. sitting on YouTube for the next hour. Marinating. Looking at Easter eggs. Marinating in what I've just yeah. said. Um, so Tenet, obviously the newest film by Christopher Nolan, uh-huh. um, absolute superstar. We've spoken about the name above the title concept, whether it be an actor or director. Nolan is absolutely one of those people. And, and look, he's one of the few directors operating at this kind of budget mm-hmm. with this kind of idea. Yeah. Few filmmakers are given the freedom that he is given by Warner Brothers to spend the money that he spends yeah. to make the sort of films he makes. Like this film would have cost 200 plus, 250 yeah. plus. Very few people are given that budget, let alone given that budget to make a film like this. Mm. No pre-existing copy, no platform of which it builds, no existing intellectual property that people can associate it with. And yeah. I appreciate that. I think that's ballsy. I don't think there are enough films of this size, um, sort and size made, um, you know, exciting new concepts, which cinema, blockbuster cinema was founded on, the idea of exciting new concepts and new technology. And in one breath, you know, this film is technically as impressive a movie as you could possibly see. Um, in a lot of ways, I found myself sitting there, there's one sequence where they're on like these catamarans, and I was like, it's like a $250 million, 150-minute ad for a watch. <laughs> like, you know when you see, like, a really expensive, like, an Omega yeah. Seamaster? And it's selling this ridiculous lifestyle, and yeah. you're sort of like, I don't understand any of what's happening. But I want one. <laughs> but I think that watch would make my life better. It'd certainly make me feel more important. Yeah. Um, so technically, it is an absolute, it's an achievement. Everything you would expect in a Nolan film, all that kind of stuff behind the camera, absolutely first rate. Um... I don't want to give too much of the plot away because I think the beauty of a film like this and the beauty of the kind of films that Nolan makes is the less you know, the better. And you get to go in really cold. Like, use an example, like Avengers Endgame. The, all the trailers for Endgame had, like, stuff from the first 10 minutes in it. Yeah. And I remember walking, so walking out of the cinema and I read an article where somebody had said that and I was like, that was brilliant. Because you literally got all the footage we saw in all the trailers released yeah. with the first 10 minutes of the film. Exactly. So stuff like Tenet, the less you know about it, the less you've seen about it, the less you've read about it, the less people you've talked to about it, the better. Because it'll allow you to go in and experience a film in a really kind of retro way. The idea of you've seen the poster, you might have seen one trailer, oh, it looks interesting, and you go yeah. and see it. Um, basically plays with the concept of stopping the terrorists from ending the world, that via time travel, John David Washington is recruited into the Tenet program to stop Kenneth Branagh's character, who's an arms dealer, who's ostensibly operating as an agent of those in the future. So he's been hired by people in the future to enact this plan in the present. And that's a very blasé explanation of what's going on, but I don't want to spoil anything. And obviously what happens in the film happens in the film. I found watching it, it's a lot like Looper, which was a good movie, meets Inception, meets Back to the Future, meets a little bit of Prisoner of Azkaban, the, the time concept okay. in Prisoner of Azkaban. The only thing is, I think those four films had a much better internal logic. Mm. I think their internal logic was more sound and the rules by which they operate within the time travel paradigm, yeah. I think lands a lot better in those movies. And that's really the key. When, when you're playing with concept like Nolan does, like logic is everything. Like Richard Donner. Richard Donner spoke, I think we've spoken about, when he made the first Superman, he spoke about the term verisimilitude. 
and that was this concept of truth and like reality and everything making sense. The film has to have a uh, has to have a verisimilitude. It has to have this sense of people who watch the film accept that it's a movie, accept that it's a movie about a superhero, but they believe it yeah. and they accept it. And I think that like a really great example of that is something like Zoolander. Zoolander is such a laughably ridiculous premise, yeah. but it makes sense. Everything within the film leans into the broader tone, which leans into you going, this world of male models is absurd, but the film believes it, and then I believe it. John Wick is another great example of a film that establishes its world and it exists within that world, and it's the most foreign place for everyone else, but you watch the movie and every new concept of this society and this culture makes sense. They all bleed together. So they're two really good examples. Um, you know, they make farcical worlds feel plausible. With Tenet, you are asked to forgive a lot of the film's flaws to accept its logic. There's a line which a lot of people have spoken about in their reviews, and it's incredibly um, valid. Uh, Clemence Posey, who plays a scientist, she played Fleur Delacour in um, Goblet of Fire, Harry Potter. Yes. And I always like when she pops up in things. She popped up in, in Bruges many years ago, French actress. And she She's basically... Very she is, she said the line, don't try to understand it. And that's not for John David Washington's character. That's, she may as well have said it to the camera. Mm. Don't try to understand it. Feel it. Mm. And I think that that's, when you're dealing with a concept as big as what they're trying to get across, yeah. you, your mind can't help but constantly ask itself and ask the film questions. Mm -hmm. So why is this happening? When did this happen? etc. And then that leads me to this one. I, I sometimes wonder if Nolan makes films that are as smart as they think they are, or if he knows that they're not, there's a thin veneer of sophistication, which he uses to then bamboozle people into thinking, I don't really want to question this because people might think I'm dumb. Mm. But there's nothing wrong with sitting there like I did at different points going, don't get it. <laughs> I don't get how we've gotten here. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. But then it might click in an hour after. Oh, even in the aftermath. Like, there's bits yeah. and there's one sequence in the film where I won't, once again, I won't give it away. It's like in a horror movie where they're like, oh, who's the killer? It's like, it's someone we've met. Mm. It's not a completely new character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this idea of what's the reveal? And you go, when you really think about it, the reveal's not going to be someone we haven't met. Yeah. And then you're sitting there going, it's this guy, and then it's not that guy, you're like, gah, yeah, you're like, again. <laughs> it's, when you really think about it, um, yeah, and this is why I don't want to talk about The Prestige, but that's my favourite Nolan film by a mile. Mm. I think that's Silly's best movie. The brilliance of The Prestige is the way it makes you double-cross double, double yourself. And you're always thinking, is it him? Is it them? Is it them? How's this happened? Whereas with this, you're like, you aren't that technical because there's only like five characters in this movie. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to throw in a red herring of this completely different character because that would make no sense. Mm -hmm. So it's really got to be one of these one of these two or three guys yeah. in this particular sequence. And then when the reveal comes, you're like, yeah, it's a good reveal, but it had to be that because it wasn't going to be a completely foreign element. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I mean by just getting wrapped up in itself to, to appear more convoluted than it needs to be because it's trying to appear smarter than it is. Mm -hmm. 
and I think that he does that a bit too often. But look, the positives, the film starts with an unbelievable energy. It's almost a James Bond opening. It starts with this false flag mission at the opera. Fantastic sequence. You, you drop right into the middle of this, like, really energetic, effervescent, sort of good fizz to it. And you're sort of going, it's classic Nolan, because you're, you're like, I want to know more. Yeah. Why are we here? What are they after? Who's he? And it's, it's great. It's fantastic filmmaking. It's a classic Bond style, yeah. halfway through a mission, where a bit sort of, oh, what's happening? Are your head spinning? Really, really good. His films generally have a great sense of theatre to them. They feel like a film. They feel like an event, yeah. which is great. And that, that's always a good experience when you're sitting in the cinema and you feel like you're watching, you know, every dollar of this budget's on the screen. I get it. That's always good. Um, I like that he makes the, the, the audience feel like they're a part of the movie. I mentioned earlier that sometimes they can be too convoluted, but I feel this also plays into a strength in that you know as much as the lead character knows. So Memento was like that, The Prestige was like that, even some of the Batmans when he's unravelling crimes are like that. You learn what he learns when he learns it. Yeah. You don't get told it off-screen, third-hand information. You feel as though you and the protagonist are on the same sort of timeline, which I, which I do like. Um, I like Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Rob Pattinson's in it. He's, he's having a bit of fun. I think that I think that sometimes he, because I think he is this way, he comes along as really aloof and really kind of like, you're a bit of a bit of an idiot. You're a bit of a buffoon. In what way? I don't know. Sometimes so I feel like he's other than obviously Twilight. I feel like, I, yeah, I feel like he'd be a bit of, fairly sophisticated. I don't think he is. No? I think he's a buffoon. Really? But in this, he plays the role of this, you know, he's part of his program and he's obviously the best of the best. He's obviously a yeah. serious individual. Maybe he's come back into the mainstream. As Serge from Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah. A very serious individual. <laughs> um, and I like that. I like that when you watch it, there were bits of watching this film where I was like, that's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Kind of playing the role of being this um, upper crust elite sort of, you know, you, you know, you went, yeah, I can see it. So that, that was good. I liked that. John David Washington was final. Elizabeth Debicki, obviously Australian. She plays the lead uh, female. Uh, she was quite good as well. Look, I, I like the spectacle. I enjoyed the sense of theatre, the scale. I don't know how much I enjoyed the film. Um, if people want to get back to the cinema, it's pretty much the only thing you can see other than Trolls World Tour. And Bill and Ted. And Bill and Ted. Um, <laughs> this certainly justifies going to the cinema to see it. However, there are rumours that it will be dropped on uh, digital in just a couple of weeks because you've got to bear in mind it's been out in the States for a while. Um, so the rumour is it will be available on digital before Christmas. Um, absolutely worth a watch. In my case, like it's certainly a film I'm prepared to watch again yeah. to kind of you know, pick up the pieces you might yeah, have missed yeah, yeah. And, and the like. And look, it's, you mentioned earlier going down rabbit holes and the like. You will find yourself after watching this film jumping on you know, Reddit. Mm. looking at theories, looking yeah. at how did people interpret this scene, did they same as me, different to me? Um, so it's certainly a film that gets you talking. Um, I give it a thumbs up. You know, I, I'm, I'm keen to see it again and to see how the perspective changes. But look, when he, he walks such a high wire of expectation, Christopher Nolan, because his films are so, um, they're so anticipated. So sometimes you can get caught up in what a film is, what it, what you wanted it to be, what you expected it to be, um, which is dangerous with a guy like this who takes so many risks. Definitely. So, thumbs up. Definitely go and check it out if you can. Uh, I did enjoy it. Nice. What is your number two? 
Um, just before we get to that, uh, I do feel like I would just based on you talking about that, I do feel like I'd, I'd enjoy the movie. It's worth it. Look, it's it's a film that I like in the sense that I like when when these big big movies come out, and whether it's something like Avengers Endgame or or you know Tenet or one of these big movies, I like when. Like, you, you look around at the shops, for instance, and you're, you're probably like, you know what? Probably 70% of these people have seen this movie. Yeah. Whatever the movie might be. I like it when something cuts through, mm. like, society like that. Yeah. Um, and this is going to take a bit, a bit longer for people here to see it naturally, yeah. which is coming out of lockdown, but I think over Christmas... Like, in a pre-COVID world, probably would, would have been a... Would have been a massive, like, yeah. go to work the next day. Have you seen yeah. it? Have you seen it? you seen yeah. it? And then talking about it and unwrapping it. Definitely. Chuck it on the list. Um, my number two is something that is uh, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago um, in coordination with the release of uh, the new consoles, um, with PS5 and the Series X. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Okay. I've uh, got that on today. Today's Wednesday. I got it on Monday. Um, I believe it came up the Friday um, before that. So. A couple of my friends got the new PlayStations. Um, my friend group generally tends to be um, of the Sony variety. I think we're migrating to Microsoft, which I'm excited about. The Series X looks like trash. It doesn't look like a modern console. The PS5 looks like a fucking tower in Singapore. Yeah, that's looks modern. Shit. That's modern, baby. The first thing they change about the PS5 what? will be your look. That'll be the first thing they change about because it, it, it looks shit. Have you seen the have you seen the video of the person with the ping pong ball on top of the of the Series X? Because no. the fans are on the top, which just blows all this hot air out. And when people try ping to pong act, balls just like <laughs> when people try to act like the Xbox was like blowing up, they were blowing vape smoke into it. Yeah. And someone from Microsoft goes, "That's not a good <laughs> please, idea." Yeah, I can't believe we have to say this, but please don't blow vape don't smoke. Don't blow vape smoke into <laughs> your Xbox through the, the, the key components. Yeah. Don't do it. Um, so, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, um, developed by Treyarch Studios and Raven, as opposed to uh, like the Modern Warfare series that Infinity Ward does. Um, they, who, makes, who makes the better ones? I would say Infinity Ward. Okay. Only because there's. They've made about three or four more. Um, I think they understand their, uh, you know... Got the engine sort of down. Yeah, they kind of got it working. So it's the sixth instalment in the Black Ops series um, and it's the 17th instalment in the COD series. Wow. So it's been 17 since 2003, so one a year. Um, Set in the 80s, hence Cold War. It's kind of the only... um, They did a little bit of early Cold War stuff Black Ops 1, I believe. Um, but this is all super Cold War, and they teased it through uh, Warzone in Modern Warfare. Um, it's it's interesting, to, to say the least. It feels a little bit just like a reskinned, better graphics old Black Ops. It doesn't feel new. Is that a bad thing? I think so. Okay. Because... I spoke about Nolan walking the high wire. I think games like this, we spoke recently about like Halo. Yeah. I would hate when Halo eventually comes out on the on the Xbox, I would hate to get my hands on it and for it to feel like COD 
Mm. It needs to feel like Halo. I feel like if they were going to just reskin so like something, they, did, or they just need a remaster. They need to remaster the old ones. Well, that's what I mean. Like for Cod, exactly the there's same. that high wire of giving fans what they want and what they expect. Yeah. And moving the series forward, the mechanics yeah. forward, yeah. whatever you want to say. But there's that high wire act of how do we satisfy our existing fans, but also give them something that kind of makes them go, oh, that's new. So they've done it. They've done that in, in a couple of ways. They've bought. They've obviously what is famous with Black Ops. Keep on smashing the uh, <laughs> zombies. So zombies is back, oh, yeah. which is always fun. Um, found out during the week though that zombies was actually hidden like Easter egg game mode in the campaign of the first Black Ops. It's been weird. So people never people didn't even know it was there, and then they bought it in. And so unless you finished the campaign and like waited to the end credits, you didn't know it was there. So then people started playing it, and then they realised. That people only played the campaign to play zombies. So then Black Ops 2, they brought out these zombies. I love that, that thinking, like within the developer house, to be like, let's spend time building out this game and let's hide it. But it was it was like it was a it was a single room. It was okay. basically just like keep killing them until you die. It wasn't any it was nothing like what it is now. Okay. Um but it's just it's one of the most unready games I've ever played. Oh no. There's just there's bugs everywhere. Um, audio is cooked, so you basically have to go into the console party chats. But then I play with people on different consoles and PC, so I can. Everyone just turns into robots as soon as you get into the game. You can't hear them um, if, you're, if you're in game chat. Uh, Warzone, which are obviously part of Modern Warfare, huge success. They're incorporating that into Black Ops in a couple months, um, and that's going to be. PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. There'll be four different consoles. Crossplay, yeah, crossplay, cross-platform, um, and obviously PC. Uh, they're bringing all of that in. In I believe just after Christmas. Um, don't know how they're gonna do it because it's gonna be. I'm not sure if it's gonna be an Infinity Ward map or a Triarch map, and then the uh, cosmetics and everything look totally different in a Treyarch game to an Infinity War game, so I have no idea how they're matching that up. This is um, where, you, like what you said, this is where you need strong personalities, like you need, you need strong leadership. So, Halo, let's go back to Halo. Uh, no, we're not talking about it, but this sounds very similar, where Halo basically, which is a bigger title to Microsoft mm -hmm. than this COD game is yeah. to either of the consoles, mm -hmm. they basically said, we're not going to be ready. For day one, we're not going to be ready. And they've 100% made the right decision yeah. to go. We ain't. We're not launching a game that is not ready. Because the beta came after this, like two weeks ago. Two, two to four weeks ago. Yeah. So everyone's like, okay, cool, no worries. It had a little, a couple of hiccups. It'll all be sorted. It's come out, and it's just like things that are meant, to, like little Easter eggs in the game that you find they're meant to work. They don't. Um, there's content creators that are just losing it because they're trying to like. You know, make videos and I did this, I did this, and then the game will just break on them, crash on them. Um, you just got to know got, yeah. you're not ready. You got to know sitting down. The, the people will understand if you came out and said the game's not ready. Yeah. Like Cyberpunk 2077 is a bit like that. Yeah. Where they're like delay, delay, delay. The joke mm. was um, you can do everything. Because I saw a tweet the other day about. The customization on it, your character, yeah. Cyberpunk, and you're like, oh, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. 
and the guy was like, you can do whatever you want on Cyberpunk 2077, whatever it is. He goes, except play the game. <laughs> but it was like, well, if the game comes out that's good, then the waiting's worth it. Exactly. So I think they've released it because they go, it's Call of Duty, it's Black Ops, people know. Name, isn't they, it? Yeah, they, they love it. We're, we're making money no matter what. Mm. We'll make the most money if we release with the next-gen consoles. Yeah. Um, and that's what, but imagine Microsoft's face when they said, yeah. Halo's not going to be ready. Yeah. It was meant to be our day one launch title. But honestly, when it comes out, though, it'll but be... But exactly right. Yeah. They, they, Microsoft would have gone, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But when it is ready, you go, well, we can launch a better game. And even more luckily, um, Track and Raven, because of the release of the new consoles, there's not a whole lot of games available. No. So it's like Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man looks good. Spider-Man does look good. Spider-Man, COD. There's always a shitty racing game. I don't know game. what, yeah, probably like Forza or some shit. Always a shitty street yeah, racing yeah. game. I don't know what the Xbox releases are. I'm not um, sure. Assassin's but, Creed, I think, is one. Yeah, there's not, a, there's not a huge range of games available, so... Like, for me, it's bringing back a lot of my mates that stopped playing COD five, six years ago. Um, they're coming back to it, and I was bringing the older generation kind of back because they're all going, oh, I'm done with COD, done with this, but there's nothing else available when they get the PlayStation, so they're going, I'll just, I'll just get COD there. Well, that's all. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the few positives of it at the moment. Um, zombies is always fun. I love, I love zombies. I'm... I'm not one for doing the whole like story, getting parts, turning this on, turning that on, Easter eggs. All it's you know the four people in the group. I'm the one just making a train, killing zombies, <laughs> just letting them do it all, and I'll I'll just worry about going down, getting revived, and then doing all the hard work, and I'm just there for fun. Um, <laughs> That's why they need to be smart about like the games or these games evolving and actually do more. And a lot of games do it, but campaign. Yeah. Should almost be entirely co-op. Well, I I won't touch campaign. I don't. I rarely touch campaign in these sorts of games. See, I would touch campaign if the idea was you get two, three, four of your mates. But then what they've done with the download? As soon as you get the game, you download. You obviously download the game onto your console. You have to download another data pack to play campaign. Oh. So it's immediately ready for multi for multiplayer in yeah. Warzone when it comes in, but. It's there with a little loading bar saying when you want to download it, download it, and we'll get it ready for it. Well, what most people want is the multiplayer. Exactly. Yeah, but like I said, you make the campaign more attractive by yeah. doing a lot of games. Like I said, a lot of games do do it, but the idea of best of both worlds, it's multiplayer, but you can play through the story and, you know, be a crack team walking, like classic Counter-Strike. Yeah, but then like the first couple, the first couple of trailers for these games, caught every year, is, is always campaign. There's always a story, there's always this, there's always that. All people want to see is multiplayer gameplay. Mm. I want to see how it runs, see how it goes. Give us the maps! Yeah. Um, so, there's a couple, like, un unbalanced guns. Um, there's, you know, metas here and there, in, even in zombies. Um, so, it's... All terms I know. Yeah. Well, people that understand will understand. Um, it's, uh, it's got potential, but it's just, I don't think it's hit the mark. And I think once people have played it out a bit, they might end up just jumping back into Warzone mm. um, and not even bother, bothering with um, with the uh, with the multiplayer in, in Cold War. But I think, like, you know, there's always going to be the majority of the 12 or 14-year-olds that play the newest Cold or whatever um, that'll stick to it and 
be little big sweaty little boys that you know are annoying to play against. Um, oh, I hear that. So Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Not you like slight the, thumbs down. Yeah, okay. I was yeah. going to say you weren't quite up. No. no. Uh, okay, very good. My second pick of the week is something that I was very much looking forward to, yeah. but turned out to be fuck. It was like a mouthful of sand. <laughs> this watching this show, Moonbase Eight. I think I spoke about it briefly the other week. Moonbase 8, um, that's just so painfully mediocre. You're watching this show. Basically, the premise is, uh, which is an interesting premise, it should be better than it ended up being, three wannabe astronauts are on a training simulation to win a spot on an upcoming NASA Moonbase project. Mm-hmm. So they're all they're all um, interred, you know, working on this fake Moonbase out in, like, Arizona or whatever it is, walking through simulations of living on the moon, with the um, ultimate prize at the end for the best performed team being tenure on the moon to go and actually live this out. Um, obviously, uh, John C. Riley, Fred Armisen, and Tim Heidecker are the three astronauts. Three very funny, very talented people, each in their own right. You might have said something before this. The issue here, Will, is that um, obviously when writing the show, these three who wrote it, as well as acted in it, couldn't decide who was going to be the funny one, um, so no one ended up being the funny one. And it's just, yeah, wow, man. Yeah, I did see things for this. It's such a, the premise itself is interesting. Mm. Like it is, and it piques my interest. I remember reading the synopsis and I saw a trailer and I was like, oh yeah, it could be okay. These three guys are funny guys, yeah. but wow, <laughs> my God. I was so excited to then what clued me in actually before whatever day it was meant to launch just after maybe the, the day after we last recorded um showtime dropped all six episodes and i was like oh boy that's not <laughs> that's not a good sign if they're just dumping all six yeah. but i can understand why i've only watched two of the six and i always give the pilot some grace because it, the, the the opening episode of any show is very difficult to make work narratively terms of comedy because you don't know the characters you don't know how the characters derive comedy and how comedy derives from them it will never be as bad as space force that shit was painful. i don't i don't see how it could be better oh. and that's the thing you've got avenue five space force Moonbase eight all these space themed comedy shows none of them funny no. there's maybe a good idea in all of them yeah. if you mash them together into a holy mess i genuinely like i said I give them grace for the first ep. Very difficult to pull off any first episode of a show. Doesn't matter what. You go back and watch the first episode of Seinfeld, Friends, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you name it. It's very safe. Very safe. Very staying in the lines. Where where are the margins? Mm. I get it. So I watch the second one. Fuck me. I've very rarely been as bored as this. It's just so dry. (laughs) It's like I can't even describe how incredibly boring this show is. And it's so disappointing to say that because I remember seeing the material and thinking, this could be okay. Yeah. How wrong was I? <laughs> Absolute crap. Um, I just can't recommend this at all. Uh, maybe if you want to go to sleep. Mm. Fucking oh, woeful, boy. mate. Absolutely woeful. Remember. And I don't want to speak about it anymore because it's, <laughs> the actual idea of even giving it more thought is, is putting me to bed. So what's your... It's your third pick, I believe. My third pick um, is something that uh, 
bit of a random fill. I didn't think that I'd like. I've kind of seen it on TV the last couple of weeks. And to be honest, I think it's just one of those things that Channel 7's picked up. The news. In the, in, in the midst of um, no sport. And, yes, you know, yes, this, Australia. No. In this weird little time where there's not really a whole lot on. Um, my house full of animals. Oh, fucking hell. Have you, have you seen it? No. It? No. It's just, it's just a little, it's just a little filler. What time, what time is the show on? I believe it's 7.30 or 8.30. Um, Once a week? Yes. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a BBC series. Um, of course it is. I'm not sure how long it's been around or on, uh, but they've just picked it up in the meantime of, you know, waiting for Big Bash and whatnot to start. Um, I think it's still on 7, Big Bash is um, so it's just a series following British households who've basically opened up their homes to look after animals in need. Um, and literally there's everything. There is, uh, obviously dogs, cats, but then there's this one house with like, and they're all, all these people pretty special. Like they live to look after these animals. So you can imagine what kind of people they are. Crazy cat ladies, crazy, crazy bird ladies. Um, but there's this one, uh, the episode I watched, uh, it's, there was one house which had 170 ferrets. And they, were, <laughs> and they were also like carnies that would take their ferrets to, you know, the local show and, uh, <laughs> and race them, walk around, like have bets going, be a bookie and take, like, take money. Um, but just a nice little half hour show, nothing special. Where was that during COVID? Where was ferret racing? I don't know, but lucky I'd love a ferret. Really? Yeah. They just, they seemed easy. It's like a long rat. Yeah. But like, there's no chance I'd have a rat. But a ferret looks not as disgusting. They're not that much better, are they? They're a little bit better. Suffice to say, near enough to 180 ferrets. If that's someone, a if, lot if, of ferrets. If, if someone said, have a ferret or a hamster, are they just roaming? 100% pick a ferret. No. They're in a cage with like pipes and shit going in between cages. So they can literally just go anywhere and go everywhere. Basically, they live in a McDonald's playground. <laughs> yeah, um, but then there was also another one with um, dogs, and they took in obviously being in Europe, a bit easier for animals to you know get to and from um, different countries. People rescued all these dogs from like Albania or some shit. Some grim. Yeah, Albania. and they were like like disgustingly underweight. Oh no! You know they had bits and pieces cut off their tails and ears or whatever. They bring them back to health, they get adopted, it's all happy, it's all that. Um, but uh, yeah, easy, easy little show to watch. Better than I thought it would be. I was Do you like, feel less about yourself when you watch a show like that? When you sit down to watch, what's the show called? My House Full of Animals. My House Full of Animals. <laughs> it's what it says on the tin yeah. by the sounds of it. There's yeah. no yeah. Yeah. ambiguity about What is this show about? It's like the, if I tell you about the, um, a couple of weeks ago, a current affair acted themselves with the, the greatest sting I've ever seen for a current affair. There's good ones, you know, dodgy bankers and stuff like that. <laughs> the, 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 current affair. the sting for this episode of a current affair was <laughs> I can't even remember what it was. Um, it was too fat for work. Oh yes, no, I saw that. It was was that Australia Post. Yeah, the Post. So was, yeah, it was it was in the was midst like, of your 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 CEO um, buying executives' watches. And then she, but and then his whole thing was like, oh, you can buy, you can buy them a watch, but you can't buy me a seat because I'm too fat for my current seats. <laughs> if you'd said that to me, I would have said the two don't have anything to fucking do with each other. 
The box had a carry limit, <laughs> which you were included. No, but it, was, it was like a forklift in a, in a warehouse yes, it or was, something. Yeah. It was just like... Imagine being told <laughs> you are too fat to sit on this piece of heavy machinery. Yeah, and the only reason it's got any traction is because the CEO bought the executives 20 grand watches. Current would have been licking their lips. Yeah, they're going, oh, when that came out, this is topical. They would have seen the story for Australia Post. <laughs> the, coming, the, intern, the, in, oh. the interns on the email inbox. No, no, they would have been now. sitting on this for months. Yeah. And they would have been, that story out of the fucking watches would have come yeah, out yeah. and someone would have gone, boom, boom. Oh my God, we got a story. Did that fat guy on the forklift <laughs> for Australia Post? <laughs> and someone goes, yes. They would have said, and when that story came through months ago, they would have gone, next. Did you see Seb Costello's gone to ACA? A fall from grace, yeah. Like, what has he done? Who's he been blacklisted by to be chucked there? I would have thought he'd be better value than working for a tabloid. I thought boy. he was like in the run to be an anchor somewhere or some oh, shit. Wow. It's just he has my he's... first instinct is he's better than that, yeah. But then my second instinct is don't really not... care, <laughs> 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 he can go reporting on like you know, um. This 56-year-old love rat has left yeah. his wife for what a younger model. Costello, he's just a wanker. Following him down the street, going, you know, just asking repetitively the same question. Yeah. Sir, sir, what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say about yourself? Do you hate yourself? Sir, you can keep walking, but it doesn't get rid of what you've done. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, so, so my house is full of pets. My house full of, my house full of animals. My house full of it's animals. Not, it's not necessarily pets. No. They're not always pets. They'll, they'll, you know, and like this one woman, this beautiful old English lady, she took in hedgehogs. Of course. Um, this one time she went to the vet, bought in two, only one came out, the other one had to be put down. Oh, no. <laughs> so this show's got highs and lows. What was wrong with the other hedgehog? Just got hit too hard by a car. That's going to do it. <laughs> and its spine is essentially broken, so, you know, the defence mechanism for said hedgehog is to roll up in a ball. Yes. This, this hedgehog could not come out of the ball. I'm familiar. Because his back was broken. I'm familiar with Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> and how they how I do like the idea that Sega's like, you know, premier character was an anachronism. Because hedgehogs do not move that quickly. <laughs> they are very slow, very yeah, ponderous. Exactly. Um, so my house full of... My house full of animals. animals. Channel 7. Don't know how long, how much longer it's going to be on for considering we're coming up to the warmer months in cricket. If you go looking for it in the TV guide, don't be surprised if it's not there. Yeah, if you want something easy to chuck on for your kids or something. Watch it on demand. Exactly. Seven plus. Go on. I'm sure if someone's injured and having some surgery with a big recovery. It's probably the last thing on your list. If, mm. if, you, if you listen to all of our podcasts, it's probably definitely one of the last ones. Above Space Force. Yeah. And above Moonbase 8. Moonbase 8. Um, I'll so. watch that show before I watch another episode of Moonbase 8. <laughs> don't get me. Don't even... Oh, dead set. Oh, God. So, um, yeah, My House Full of Animals, Channel 7. Uh, I'll go for, I reckon we'd be looking at, like, Thursday night. Yeah. Um, Is so, Dr. Harry still on Channel 7 doing his thing? I know he's doing Better Homes and Gardens. I know that. Is it Better Homes? Be. Better Homes and Gardens even run anymore? I feel like it does, yeah. That used to be the worst 15 minutes of the week. When before footy, before the footy, uh, so before Channel Seven went live yeah, with the footy, yeah. every Friday night, Better Homes and Gardens ran seven thirty to eight thirty, yeah. and you, you know, you fucking keep yourself busy for as best you could. Like the news had finished, yeah. and you're like oh, footy, footy, and then you've got to wait again. Got to wait like, for Noni uh, Hazelhurst and Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, Is that his name? Is that a wrestler, Jeff Jarrett. And then, and then Fox Footy came along. It's pre-game, like live, going live. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> 
That was my number cool one was Channel Seven. Check it out. Get around it if you want it. My last pick of the week is The New Mutants, which is a film that the its journey to the screen is actually probably more interesting than what ends up on the screen. To so be the, the New Mutants. So. Um, it's basically the last of Fox's X-Men films before Disney gobbled them up. It was into production and filming more or less as Disney um, purchased Fox or finalised the deal. And, and it's really, like I said, put a bit of a fascinating journey to the big screen. It was originally slated for an April 2018 release. It was delayed for reshoots and, and to be retooled and recut and whatnot after some disastrous test screenings. Um, had a lot of tonal issues. You know, the worst thing a film can have is, is tonal issues. You know, you don't know what it is. Um, then it was, Stranger Things filming. It does, and then it was delayed for Dark Phoenix, yep. um, obviously the X-Men film. Then the buyout delayed it again, then COVID, uh, and then it eventually kind of got dumped onto streaming, got dumped. Uh, I think it had a bit of a cinema release in the States, but nothing major. They effectively had said, we've spent $100 million on this film, just fucking release it. What yep. happens, happens. Where can we find it? I actually don't know. I acquired it legally. I would uh, <laughs> suggest you do the same. Um, look, I always find films like this fascinating viewing. You know, I mentioned Justice League earlier. I mentioned you know, um, something like Josh Trank's Fantastic Four is another example. I always like to see if you can kind of pick the scenes where the reshoots are, what's principal photography, yeah. what looks like it's been added on. That's almost more fun than the film itself. Um, it's in the cinemas. I, I, I can see it at Doncaster in two hours. Don't. <laughs> Save yourself the time. Um, look, I feel bad because ideas fall flat all the time. Yeah. Like you come up with something on the whiteboard, you write a script, it obviously gets to the point where it's greenlit and someone's happy to spend money on it. I think one of the first things I spoke about was Artemis Fowl yeah. on this podcast. Very similar. We're going to greenlight this film. We don't know where it's going to go. That's my Funko Pops. Um, we don't know where it's going to go, what's, what's going to happen. We start filming it, and then the wheels slowly start to come off. Yeah. It's like that moment, you know, when you see, um, <laughs> you know, when you see like a Formula One car exit the pits, and you're like, oh, that wheel's not on. Yeah. And it gets to the end of the pit straight and it just falls off. Um, it's a bit like that. So you've got, I don't know, that, that, that all plays out really publicly, right. and you can't escape it. What am I trying to say? A bad movie can be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like there was a film, the Red Letter Media guys did a review of a film called Money Plane, stars Edge, the wrestler, not the um, guitarist, but you two. I loved Edge when I was younger. Yeah, I didn't mind. But he's in it, and his film is woeful. Like it's atrocious. But that's what makes it great, because it's so bad. Yeah. Whereas something like this is just flavorless. Mm-hmm. It's just boring. There's nothing distinctive or there's nothing memorable about it. It's, something can be memorably bad, mm-hmm. whereas the problem with this is it's it's just so bland. Just everything about it. The performances are bland. The characters. I can't. I can only remember one of the characters' names. Danny. <laughs> That's the only character I can remember. Um, Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones is in it. She it's turns into that. a wolf. Don't know her character's name. Since when... The guy in, from Stranger Things, Jonathan Byers, don't know his character name. Since when in cinema is a werewolf ever a woman? I feel like they're always dudes. No, just, you know... But in general... Me Too, the Me Too movement, we all heard of it. Try and think of a movie with a werewolf and the werewolf with a family. Other, other than the one just came to me, Twilight, but other than that... No. 
I don't care enough about it. Um, it's, it's, look, it's a little bit breakfast clubby. It's very small in scale. It's very intimate. Um, few people probably wouldn't even know it's an X-Men film. They mention mutants you know, more than just in the title. They mention mutants occasionally. Um, basically, the five teams are interred at a kind of boarding school come prison for mutants. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a bit of a haunted house setup. Um, they're all mutants there to come to terms with their powers. Uh, and obviously, all hell kind of breaks loose when the arrival of Danny sort of to be honest with you, I can't even bother talking about the plot. <laughs> I feel like spoiling it because Danny rocks up and the other four mutants are there for some reason. They can't escape. There's like this big like, force field around the manor. Yeah. And then her power seems to be that she brings other people face to face with their worst fear. Right. So the other Is four. Is her name Mirage? I don't know. I don't want to pay close. I found, I found the character names Mirage, Wolfsbane. Yeah. Cannonball. Yeah. Sunspot and yeah. magic with a K. If you ask me, like in a kid's jumble, to connect the character names <laughs> with a picture, I'd be like, oh, I think Moonsbane is the Native American one. Who's that Emma Stone looking woman? Uh, yeah, Taylor Joy. She plays a creepy Russian weirdo. But I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Contrast. The first, literally the first noteworthy thing in this film, I, I time-coded it, 52 minutes in is the first, like, noteworthy thing where the, this big hunk of man goes swimming with the Russian chick, and then he's like, he keeps getting hot, like he heats up, and then... Starts steaming. He starts, starts steaming, he's in the pool, and he starts steaming up. Anyway, that sort of becomes a little bit of an action-y kind of sequence. That's 50-plus minutes into this movie. The movie only goes for 130, like, not one, one hour, oh. 34. So more than halfway into this dog turn of a movie, something that makes you look up from your phone happens, and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Contrast that with, like I said, the start of Tenet. Tenet hits the ground running, yeah. like dream running, where you can't keep your feet. You're like, shit, what the fuck's happening here? Yeah. Oh, hold on, where am I? Yeah. And it's in the best way. You're like, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing interesting happens in this film for 52 minutes. And it's, that's not a joke. There's 52 minutes worth of shit exposition, these characters getting like psych tests or something, or yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy's in a fucking prison cell and the warden's watching her on a screen, <laughs> and you're like, like, fuck. And like I said, I'm always interested in what's happening behind the scenes. Like, imagine getting the dailies for this film at like the head of you know, Fox. Imagine being the guy in charge of Disney who has to like shepherd through these Fox in production features yeah. to go, okay, what have you got on your slate? Let's have a look at what you've been making. And we've got to obviously work it into a release schedule. Let's have a look at it. Yeah. You'd sit down and watch this. I'd go, we're not fucking releasing this. <laughs> this is shit. Um, awful. Just awful. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Stars Maisie Williams, yeah, she was in Game of Thrones. Charlie Heaton was obviously Jonathan Byers in Stranger Things. And a bunch of nobodies you'll never hear of again. Um, Look, I'm happy for them they got to be in the movie. Great. I still talk about that shoe ad I was in back in 92. So, you, you know, it's something on your IMDb page. Yeah. Good on you. Mm. Absolutely fucking terrible. Don't recommend you watch it. It is awful. <laughs> I saw someone review it. They said, oh, look, if you just chuck it on on a Saturday night, you know, it's, you, know you just don't know anything about it and you throw it on. No, don't. <laughs> rather be sick from eating too much pizza. Don't soil your DVD player, <laughs> your hard drive, your streaming service. Don't let this film come into contact with anything you own. It is awful. <laughs> and 
wow, I can't say anything more. Fucking atrocious. Don't watch it. If I had a third thumb, it'd be down. Terrible. Uh, we're at the stage of the show now where we sort of go for our pick of the week. You'll be surprised to hear that the new Mutants or Moonbase 8 won't be my picks. I'll never fucking speak or watch them again. Uh, what was your pick of the week, Will? Uh, I'll go with... Don't say the pets one. No. Animals, not pets. Uh, I'll go with The Liberator, uh, the animated. The animation one. looked interesting. Yeah. I I personally think you'd enjoy it. Well, I like... See, one of my favourite... One of like in um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, the sequence where they're doing the, the story of the three brothers, and it's an animated fairy tale. Yeah. Like, that's a really bold way to realise... Mm. To sit there and go, okay, we want to tell the story of this... This fairy tale, the Deathly Hallows, we do. We need to do exposition. No one unlike, unlike the new mutants, yeah. we want to take. You know, we want to tell this exposition quicker than fifty-two minutes because <laughs> people don't have that amount of time. Yeah. Um, so we're going to tell it in an animated form because a probably a bit more cost-effective. Yeah. And b it actually interestingly breaks up. Yeah, so it's good. You're, you're not waiting for. You're not banking on the performance of a big name. No. Um, and just likewise, you're not hiring a no-name. Who the fuck's this guy? Exactly. Who's this meant to be? Like you know, you know someone, and if you've seen other things, you might recognise a couple other people. Um, but um, yeah, it's just it's a cool little adaptation of what seems to get released every one or two years, um, and it's a true story as well. So it's just there's so many different stories that for years they're going to be coming out. It's always tricky, like you spoke about uh, The Five Bloods, the yeah. Chad Boseman one. As you said, every so often, once a year, once every two years, there's that, you haven't heard about this battle. Yeah. And you're like... No, I haven't. No, I, I haven't. Watch it. But, <laughs> yeah, you got me. Yeah. Let's see. Um, so, yeah, again, I just love anything. Dennis Leary, man. Yeah. Like football and porno and books about war. <laughs> we say it every week. It's true. Um, yeah, The Liberator. Netflix. Get on. Well, I ruled out Moonbase 8 and New Mutants, so clearly my pick of the week is Tenet, which, to be honest with you, is unfair to put those two up against Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting ponies in the Melbourne Cup, because yeah. this film is on a different plane of existence, made by a much better filmmaker, got a lot more money behind it, yeah. um, a studio that gives a shit about it. Moonbase 8, genuinely, I think, I think it was Showtime, think it was Showtime. Might have been HBO. That would be my worst nightmare as a as like an executive at one of those channels. Yeah. When they you go, Fred Armisen, funny guy, John C. Riley, funny guy, Tim Heidecker, Tim and Eric, you know, funny guy. Yeah, I want to make a show together, that's pretty cool. That fake moon base. <laughs> like, I can see it. I see it could be alright. Watching the cutback, I'd be like Oh, this is fucking woeful. Yeah. So Tenet is the pick. Go and see it. Um, you know, if you have the means to go see it at the cinema, it's, it's absolutely one of those films that demands or deserves to be seen in the cinema. Um, and then enjoy kind of mulling it over, talking about it with people and getting your head around it and trying to put it together. It is a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Trying to put it together and make sense of it. Um, very highly recommended that you check it out. Even if me, myself, I didn't... I'm not frothing it. I didn't... I didn't walk out of the film fucking like mind blown. Mm. Oh my god! Yeah. But I absolutely appreciate the film for what it's trying to be, for the film that presents itself as. Yeah. 
and all that kind of stuff. It's absolutely worth checking out. Um, so what was your pick, sorry? Uh, my right. pick was Deliveroo. Okay, I'll make a note of that. Shout out to uh, everyone that's been with us this whole time. Yes, Believe. thank you for your patience. We, Believe it's been Fab and Joe. We've, um, um, we've learned our lesson from the... Hopefully Google Chrome's up and running next time just for the... Yeah, we might test it. That's weird, yeah. So strange. It didn't want to work. Joe really wanted me to pick The Bachelor. Um, I think after this it's year's... It's running. It's finished, isn't it? Yeah, I think after this year's season with the two sisters, I think it's well and truly cooked and done. Bring back Big Brother. Yeah. Like, genuinely. It doesn't mean that The Bachelor's done, but just do a couple of seasons of Big Brother. Yeah. And then let The Bachelor go... Exactly. Go out of sight, out of mind. Ways Survivor did as well. Survivor Ways Survivor did it. Yeah. Big Brother's obviously off screens. They tried, didn't work. Fuck it. If you're going to do Big Brother, you have to do the nightly shows. <laughs> exactly. Bring back and proper Kruger. And proper eliminate. Bring back Grill Queen. Grill Queen. Yeah, she's too old now. She's a bit old. But so is just as old and probably more racist. Well, that's two ticks, I suppose. <laughs> line. Get Pete Evans involved. Um, yeah, wow. But yeah, do you see the clip this week? He's... He's a weirdo. No. You know what the thing about Pete Evans is too? Like, I don't, personally, I don't... Who gave him the platform? Personally, I don't, like, give a shit. He can say what he wants and it yeah. doesn't really bother me. But you're like, hey, you had the golden ticket. Yeah. Somebody, you won the lottery. You people know, you're, you're on the TV, you're on that My Kitchen Rules, people know who you are, people listen to you. It's like, don't fuck it up. Let's make a bit more money then fuck like, it up. Like, don't fuck it up for yourself. Like, yeah. you've got a meal ticket like you wouldn't believe that most people would kill for. All you have to do is not post pictures of Nazi propaganda. Now it's just a conspiracy theorist. Enough, enough. Joe said, bring back Sonia Kruger. Yeah, that's what I said before. I'm keeping up to date with the chat. What do you Could Sonia Kruger and Gretel Coley, two-hander? No, because I feel like Gretel Colleen... Who was the guy? Well, Joe, who was the guy? What was the guy's name who hosted the Friday night games? And um, he did our plate. Mike Goldman, Fitzy, I didn't mind Mike. I didn't mind Mike. Mark? Mike, Mike Goldman. I didn't mind Mike. He does like voiceovers and shit. He show does now. do voiceovers. Yeah. I didn't mind him. I like, yeah, I liked him, but bring he back, never, maybe as a narrator. Bring back hot dogs. Yeah, hot dogs. Do you remember hot dogs? He was a contestant, and then he hosted the Up Late Game Show with hot dogs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which was like, the Up Late Game Show was the most ridiculous couple of hours of television. You could ring in and like win cash money, mm. but the, the quizzes or the riddles didn't make sense, so it was almost impossible to win. And I always thought, I always suspected that there were multiple answers right. so that they could never be wrong, but you could never be right. What was that game show that was on like late night TV? You'd call up. And, I'll like, play game show with hot that, dogs. Was that it? Yeah. It was just like, weird. you'd call up, you'd call up a number, it cost X amount to call cost up. It cost $15 to yeah. dial. And then you might win some money. You might, but you're very, really, you, you'd say like... <sighs> like the, the people hosting would just fluff for an hour, get yeah. another call. Fluff that was hot dogs. I, I don't remember hot dogs. I just remember this. That's like, from like an early two thousands. Um, that was like an early two thousands. Big Brother alum. Right. I, I remember the Ginger Ninjas. Ginger Ninja. Um, See, this is what you got to do with Big Brother. I like not the, make it survive. Not make it survive. <laughs> that's stupid. There already is a show like that. It's yeah. called Survivor. <laughs> just you chuck these idiots in a house and you watch them fall apart at seas, yeah. and then we vote people out. It's really simple. And then you do the Friday night games, which is just a cheap bit of TV for them to produce from the compound, yeah. which is just silly nonsense like um, Takashi's Castles. Takashi 696 still alive? <laughs> he is. It's still alive. You're a fall from grace. Haven't heard much from him in the last couple of months. Didn't he have an album? 
Yeah, that's it. Oh, he literally right. released his album, he's just going to pick the song. He's going to be back with a bang, though. Yeah. At some point. Um, we got off track, but Big Brother, <laughs> just bring it back, because The Bachelor is... Had a, had a good run. It did. What, like had a great run. Six years? Phenomenal run. Yeah. Bachelor and Bachelorette, the worst one-two punch in broadcast television. Mm. You think you're over one of them, and then they're like, no, no, no. Next week. Next week. A girl. Like, uh, <laughs> the concept works as well, but it's... <laughs> and then, like, it's just it's just not as bitchy as when it's The Bachelorette. And the guys, guys are like, the... you got a date? Sick. Like, awesome. <laughs> the guys Good job, end up man. becoming mates. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, they finish the show all being best friends because they, they've lived in a house for you know the winners, months. The winners on the, bachelor, the Bachelorette are the guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> they all end up making like eight mates. Yeah, and then they've got a little bit of social profile. They yeah. can, they'll get invited to that year's races. Yeah. And then if they meet someone famous at the races, then they get into another friend group and then they're just set. They're not set, but they're set in their, in their life. Oh, they just, you know, while the sun shines, they'll make a little bit of cash. Exactly, get their tan on. Yeah. Show their muscles. Get a suit deal with um, Man to Man. Yeah. Tara Cash. The iconic. Roger David. <laughs> Industry? They do suits. Industry. Are they still a thing? I don't know. They went out of business. <laughs> they didn't survive the runner. There's actually nothing more I hate than walking into uh, Roger David and you walk in there. There's always, it's always there's one dude and then it's always like a good looking like Greek Italian girl. She's there to like She's there to like float with you. She's there to like, yeah, like, so hard. They're like, and I think I look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> when you're getting dressed through, you, you like your Utah formal, you're like, oh my god, I guess I don't mind it, so I must wear it, it's okay, let's go. So why would she lie to me? Yeah. <laughs> I know that she gets 5% commission, but I'm usually a good judge of faces. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know how we got there, but uh, you can find us at me, Willie P, W-I-L-L-Y-P-E-E. I'm a Sean Peterbudge, one word, Twitter. And we also, uh, as I said, we have the Watchlist Weekly Twitter handle. Correct. Because yep. uh, Weekly Watchlist was taken. And the Weekly Watchlist have we, was taken. Have we messaged both of those pages? And, and threatened like, hey, them. Can you change your domain? If, if they're inactive. Yeah, maybe we should do that. Yeah, um, and Will, you might start tweeting this week just while you're watching. Yeah. I'll it's pretty straightforward. We just yeah, tweet sorry. if we're watching something or playing something or what, we, what we're consuming at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, Sean Peterbunch, thank you very much for tuning in. For Will. You're leaving. And for our great sponsors, NGA Traffic, thanks so much for giving us absolutely nothing. (laughs) Except for technical difficulties. I can't speak. No. We need to finish this. Goodbye. Goodbye.